Hello and welcome to the Goddess in Sweats podcast and today I'm incredibly excited to have a very special guest, Michael Rosenbaum. Now, Michael's story is very cool. He's been following the cookie trail of people who've given him information on what to explore on his spiritual journey and where to go and it's been quite the adventure. So a little bit about Michael. Michael Rosenbaum has been a transformational hypnotherapist and alternative healer for over 20 years. He specializes in a holistic approach which includes the mind, emotions, and the physical health of the body. He helps his clients get unstuck from unhealthy patterns and emotional upsets so they can live a life from a sense of well-being and higher self. He also does nutritional counseling to help people maximize their physical health naturally. He has been a member of a spiritual mystery school since 2006 and also teaches the spiritual awakening process with his clients. Michael Rosenbaum has certifications as an advanced clinical hypnotherapist, metaphysician practitioner, regression and past life regression therapist. Rohan practitioner and natural health coach. Michael has over 3,000 hours of training in alternative therapies. He has a private practice in Mount Kisco, New York and Danbury, Connecticut. He also works remotely with his clients anywhere in the world. And so without further ado, I want to welcome Michael Rosenbaum to the Goddess and Sweats podcast. So we are back with Michael Rosenbaum. And as you heard in the introduction, Michael has vast experience in alternative and spiritual healing. Today, I've invited Michael to come on because one, I love being able to connect with men who are on their spiritual path. I, I think the more we can encourage men to open up to this, the better. Um, we need to have that masculinity in the space. And also... <clears throat> because his story is very, very cool. He was just sharing with me before how his spiritual path just kind of unfolded and he was able to follow the cookie trail. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about is just how Michael was brought into spirituality and what is it that excites him about it. So Michael, I would just like you to come in and share a little bit about what you shared with me before. And you know, how did your path unfold? Okay, well, I must say, I when I grew up, nothing in my family or nobody in my family even talked about spirituality. Even the word God never came up. So it didn't come from there. <laughs> so um, I had um, an experience, actually, even predating what I talked to you. I tell you, my spiritual path came out of meditation. So I've been meditating really for over 40 years, different types, and it's gone through different permutations. But even the idea of meditating came out of a group and I worked there for a year or two, and then I left um, to do other things. And there were some things about the organization I wasn't crazy about. But there was somebody who was in one of the, what they called graduate seminars that I led, who knew me and reached out to me and wanted to, he was a psychotherapist and he led workshops. He wanted me to do workshops with him. But he's the person that taught me how to meditate. So I never knew how to meditate yet. About that before. And that started my whole journey. I would say meditation really started my journey. So I knew him for a couple of years. He kind of dis I don't even know where he went. He kind of disappeared somewhere. But he told me, Michael, if you really want to learn about meditation, you have to teach it. So then I began teaching it, and that kind of started me on a journey. 
And I was mentioning to you before, oh, after I'd been meditating for, I don't know, five years or so, I heard somebody on the radio and um, he had a, a little school in New York City. I lived in New York City at the time. He did something called sound healing, which interested me. And so I went and studied with him and I even did private sessions with him. And he had a certain way of meditating. So I used his method. He was from India, of course, right? And But his was very ritualistic. So he had you get up at the crack of dawn and he had to ring a bell and rub some sandalwood and burn a candle. He had a whole little process. Uh, of course, my wife said, if you can get up at dawn, you can meditate in the basement because don't wake me up. <laughs> I said, okay, fair enough. So I, I, I was doing this process for, you know, a couple of months. It was fine. You know, I was relaxing. It, you know, it was nice, but it, it didn't, nothing big happened or whatever I thought was big. And then one day, I'm sitting down at dawn to meditate and I hear this voice in my head that wasn't me. I mean, I know what I sound like. I know when I'm thinking about something. This was not my thoughts. And it said to me, and it was a male voice, and it said to me, why don't you try meditating this way today? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I really <I> was shocked. <laughs> and, I, and I looked around and I said, well, I heard a voice. I said, um, what way? What do you mean? So the voice said, here, try this. And it said, imagine that you're at the center of the earth and there's a light that comes up from the center of the earth, goes right up through your spine and out the top of your head. That's your meditation. And I'm thinking, that's the dopiest thing I ever heard. <laughs> It's like, I'm doing all this important stuff. I'm rubbing sandalwood, I'm ringing bells. I'm, you know, what is this? But I said, well, I have to honor it. If I heard it, let me do that and then go back to what I normally do. So I, I do the little visualization and I felt a bolt of energy move through my body like I never felt before. I mean, it was really strong and I was blown away. I said, forget the sandalwood, forget the bells. This is way more interesting. So I started doing that. And then about a week later, the voice came back and said, well, why don't you try this? And gave me another very simple focus. That worked really well too. So I was like, you know, really happy about this. Told my wife, Cindy, about it. And she said, uh, well, you know, I wonder if you could ask a question. I never even thought of that. I said, okay, I'll try it, who knows? So I ask a question, I get an answer. Not only do I get an answer, but it was an interesting answer. So I said, oh, that's great. So, so I would start asking some questions. Then I thought, you know, maybe I ought to write it down. So I started, when I wrote it down, I got even more information. So I'm like, this is, and, and, and I felt really great energetically with it. So there's something new had really opened up. Then of course my wife said, well, can you ask a question for me? <laughs> I said, I don't know, <laughs> I'll ask. Sure enough, I got an answer. And then my wife, you know, as women can be, just chatting with her friends. Now her friends wanted me to ask a question for them. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, this is getting a little out of hand. 
but I decided to do it. I, I, I did it with a proviso. I said, you know, listen, and I said, I won't, you have to come see me in person and you can ask questions, but you have to promise me that just because it's coming out of my mouth doesn't make it the truth. So you got to decide if you resonate with it or not. And if you don't throw it out. <laughs> that and that's, that's such an important thing just to jump in there is, yeah. you know, because if we go and see spiritual teachers, right, we go to people for readings or anything like that. We also have to learn to discern what fits and what doesn't from that with where we are in our lives. Um, so I really appreciate you bringing that up um, and giving people permission that if something's not resonating, that somebody's telling you through whether it be channeling or regression, whatever it might be, you do have permission to throw it away. So I just wanted to add that little caveat yeah, that's in there. Good. And I feel really strongly about that. So anytime I do anything like that, I always say that mm -hmm. because no matter how evolved I am, so to speak, right, or psychic I am, it's still coming through the, the you know, instrument of me. And so there's a bias there. Mm -hmm. I'm interpreting what I'm getting in, you know, through my history and my learning, and it might not be right for you. And that's a really good point. What I try to teach people when I work with them is how do you know when something's the truth for you? Mm -hmm. And there's ways of doing that. So for me, there's an energetic feel to it, but I also tell them, listen with your body. Because your body tells you if you re if you're resisting, if your body's resisting when it's here, that's a message mm -hmm. saying that that's not right for you. Right. Yeah. Um, if you feel resistance inside of you, you should listen to that, you know, so be open. But ultimately, you're the one that knows what's right for you. And it could be great information, but not good information for you at this time in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why in a lot of my processes, maybe we'll talk about them later, mm -hmm. is they're very oriented on you getting the answer, not me giving you the answer. Yes. So I'm asking a lot of questions and you're making a discovery. And when you make the discovery, it's way more powerful. I could give you the same information and it wouldn't have a big effect on you, but if you get it, mm -hmm. it has a big effect on you. Yeah. Just like that guy, gave me this little meditation I did. Well, the, my experience of it was so powerful that it got my attention and changed the trajectory of how I did things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so let me great. continue with this <laughs> yes, journey keep going. here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, so, so I'm walking around, I'm meditating, I'm doing this kind of channeling, so to speak, where I'm hearing something and, I'm getting, I'm filling notebooks with stuff. And um, I come across a couple, uh, uh, a man and woman, a husband and wife. And I was chatting about what, you know, these voices I hear and how much fun it is. And they say, oh, hey, we do that too. And I said, really? I never met anybody who did that. I said, I have an idea. Why don't we meditate together as a threesome and when do we get information for each other? Because I'm giving this information out, but no one's doing it for me, you know? So we said, oh yeah, let's do that. So once a week, we'd get together for an hour or so. We'd meditate, whatever our style was. But then if we got a message, we would say it out loud for the other person. And we just kept doing that. And it was a ball. I loved it. But here's the thing. When I did that, my body got really hot 
which never happened before, really in meditation before. And so I mentioned it to my friend. And she says, oh, Michael, maybe, um, maybe you should be an energy healer. And I looked at her and I said, what's that? <laughs> energy healer, what is that? You know, I mean, we're talking, this is like back in the 80s. Yeah, this right? is like pioneering all this of this. Is, this was new stuff. Yeah. To me. So she said, oh, energy healing. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm going to make a recommendation. You read this book about energy healing from a woman called Barbara Brennan. And she had written a book called Hands of Light. So I said, okay. I read this book and I'm wowed. I mean, I'm really wowed. What this woman can do is if I could learn to do 20% of what she's doing, I will be light years ahead of where I am now. And then I find out she has a school in Long Island. I lived in, in New York, in Westchester, New York. It's about an hour and a half drive. So I'm thinking, um, wow, I, I really want to go to this school. you know. Uh, however, there's a big time commitment to go to this school. It takes... Uh, you have to go like six times a year. It's four. Year, it's a four-year school. This is not, not like a weekend thing. <laughs> and you go away for like six days, five or six days, and then you and then you have to work between times and do practice sessions and write them up and study. I mean, it, it's it takes a lot of time. And I had a full-time job in advertising, nothing to do with spirituality, but. As you can see, I was really beginning to get a passion about spirituality. And I, I was trying, well, how am I going to work this out? Because I'm the breadwinner in my house. You know, I had two young kids. My wife was a stay-at-home mom, although she was an attorney. I mean, she could have worked, but she didn't want to work. <laughs> so I said, okay, fine. And so I was bringing in the money for the house. I didn't know how to figure that. How can I take, I couldn't take that much time off. And how was I going to work that out? And somehow, this is, this is the story of my life when it comes to spirituality. Somehow the universe figures out how to get me in that direction. So an idea comes up, suggested by a friend, another, another friend, about writing personalized music for kids. Now, I'm not a musician. I mean, I'm a, not a professional musician. You know, they do it for fun. And I never wrote a song in my life. But he came up with the idea that I should maybe think about, you know, we can create this little company and write personalized music for kids because he thought that would be successful. So I found it was easy for me to write songs for kids. Don't know why, maybe because I'm a kid at heart. And uh, I have, because I was in advertising, I knew people in advertising. So I, I knew someone who was a producer and they helped me produce an album. We did an album. Um, and he went out to sell it in stores and stuff. He was like moderately successful. I wasn't leaving my job for that, right? But what I found out was I worked in direct response advertising. And so I thought, well, I wonder if we could just go right to the public and forget about the store. So me and my cop, I was an art director, my copywriter friend and my account executive friend, we all got together and we cooked up a little campaign and we tested it and, and it worked. And so I decided we didn't, we weren't getting along, me and this guy as a business partner. So I decided to start a whole new company, write a whole new album, work with a whole different producer I'd done radio commercials with. And 
try to sell it through direct mail. Well, as it turned out, we did that. And after testing it and working on it after about a year, it was very successful. In fact, it was so successful that I couldn't do both jobs at the same time. It was taking up too much time. So I went to my boss in advertising and she knew I was doing this. We don't, I wasn't hiding anything. And I said, you know, I, I feel like I have to really pursue this, but I'm, I'm really kind of afraid because I don't know if it's really gonna be a success long-term. And this is what brings money into my household. And she really liked me. And again, spirit comes through and has my boy say, Michael, you know what? I, you got to go follow your dream. But why don't you take a six-month leave of absence? And if it doesn't work out, your job is waiting for you right here. And I'm like, wow. That's awesome. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I go off and up. I do this thing. <laughs> And it is successful. In fact, I make more money doing that than I did in advertising, though I liked advertising. But I was doing something better for the world because this was personalized music. And we wrote these really sweet songs that had a positive message. And we started this company. Well, we had this, that allowed me to study with Barbara Brennan. And I did that four years training, learned about energy healing, was running. In fact, I had that company for 30 years. We just sold it a couple of years ago. Now it went through a couple of permutations, but it was very successful. It was able to support me, put my kids through school, that kind of thing. And um, so after I graduated Barbara Brennan, you know, I'm an energy healer, right? This is great. So I start working with people and then I come up to a problem. So I don't know if everybody had this problem, but I had the problem. And the problem was that People would pay me to do an energy healing. And it, you know, you can imagine after four years of training, I kind of understood energy a bit, mm -hmm. what my energy was, what your energy was, how it flowed. I had a lot of training. And so I would work with somebody and they would block the energy. Mm. They'd actually block it. Now they weren't blocking it consciously, right? They were blocking it unconsciously and, and they didn't know they were blocking it, but I knew because I was letting the energy move through me and it stopped when it got to their solar plexus or heart or wherever I was working. So I, I didn't know how to deal with that. I mean, I didn't know what to do. So I got curious and I asked the person, let's say I had my hand on your heart. Mm -hmm. And I said, um, can you tell me what you, what, what you feel in there or what's going on in there in your heart? And they would talk to me and they always told me that it was some kind of a wall or a fence or a brick wall or a cement wall. It was some kind of block that in the shape of a wall of some sort. And they said, okay, but can you tell me what's on the other side of the wall? And it was always an emotion. Hmm. Sadness, anger, fear, worry, helplessness, was something. And I began to understand that the reason why they put the wall up was because they didn't know how to deal with that emotion. And that was their way of protecting. And if they let the energy in, then that whole thing would come up to the surface and they didn't know how to deal with it. That's why they had the block there. Well, you know what? I didn't know how to deal with it either. <laughs> I'm not a psychotherapist. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure how I would deal with that. 
So that led me on a journey to find out how can I deal with that? And over a couple of course of a couple of years, I discovered a hypnotherapy school that focused on regression therapy to find the root cause of a problem and change it. It's like a, um, rewrite your script inside of you. Because when you're really young, what do you know? Not a lot. And you form it's a belief. It's instinctual, right? You what go you on instinct. And then it sits there in your subconscious, unconscious mind, and it runs you. Mm-hmm. So this was a way to discover, help them discover that and change it. So I thought, well, that's great. So I studied there, did their first, you know, intro course, really liked it, did, did, an, did their advanced internship, which was a two-year course. Um, and I, I really liked it. In fact, I liked it so much. I liked it more than energy healing. So I decided to make that my main thing. Now I'm always working in your energy field, of course, but I made this the, my main form. Now, if I did a regression with you and you were able to shift something, that fear, that anger, whatever, that worry, then if I did some energy healing with you, you took it right in right? You didn't need the block there anymore. So I love that. So I started making that my practice. And I began to explore different ways of doing that. And then I found out that my teacher in that two-year internship was really well-versed in spirituality. But she didn't talk about it a lot in that class, because that's not what the class was about, right? So it wouldn't have been appropriate. But just from little things she said or whatever, I kind of gleaned that. And at the end of that two-year program, there was another one-year program that the school offered, but I didn't resonate with it. And my teacher, Yvonne, said, Michael, you know, with your training, because most of the people in these school were social workers and therapists, which wasn't me. She said, well, there's a spiritual school down in Georgia that I studied that, that I think you would like. Why don't you check it out? So I look it up and sounds really interesting. And it's kind of like a retreat. Again, you go away and you stay there. And I look at their first course they're offering that everybody has to take before you take anything else. And guess what it is? In-depth channeling. <laughs> I'm like, well, I've come full circle here. So, so I got to do this. So wow. that starts. So I studied there for about a year. Um, that's where I got. I'm a metaphysician practitioner, according to that school. And then I, my teacher, Yvonne, starts teaching other courses that are more spiritual in nature. She has something called subtle energy, learning about who you are as a spiritual being. So I took those courses, really liked them. And then I got wind that she was starting a spiritual mystery school. That's what she called it. And I'm saying, wow, what's that? I want to, I want to find out about it. And so I sent in an application for it was accepted. And since 2006, I've been going to that school. Wow. And we meet there once a year for five days. And we learn a piece of work. And I mean, we learn a whole thing and we get a manual, like a whole manual for the year. And then we work on it all year long. And we break into small groups and we're working on it all year long. So I've been learning so many amazing things about who you are. It is so much more interesting and complicated. You know, people say, well, when you die, you just go to the other side. 
No, you don't just go to the other side. There's so many levels of self and things that can happen. And there's so many ways you can develop yourself here on why in your earth incarnation that um, sets you up for a, a, a more glorious journey on the other side, mm-hmm. you know? So I, that stuff totally fascinates me. So I love having, so here I am, you know, I work on people with their ego personality problems to help release that. But then I teach them about spirituality and the combination of those two is very powerful in terms of speeding up your evolution. Mm-hmm. You know, the world is moving in a certain evolutionary path, you know? But I like to be ahead of the curve. So I like to work with people that also want to be ahead of the curve. Yeah. And so that's kind of, in a nutshell, I do lots of different things, but that's kind of what I'm looking to do with people and help them. So that's kind of my story. That's amazing. And I, and I keep <laughs> learning new things. I just tell you, I'm learning something new now. Yeah, yeah share really a little bit about that because this is so, I thought this was so fascinating. And of course, you've brought it. So I'm going to go looking too. Um, okay. but share a little bit about that because. All right. So this, yeah. so this is very new. I'm, I'm in the middle of the class. And so, but I already know I would like it and I'm probably going to use it with my clients because it mm-hmm. complements what I do, but this is, and I learned about it from my teacher, Yvonne from the mystery school mentioned this book in our last mystery school, which was in October. And it's called the invisible garment by Connie Kaplan. And it uses astrology in a very different way. Now, I'm not, I know a lot of astrologers. In fact, in my mystery school, we have what we call master unity groups where we work together. And one of the women in my group is a master astrologer. Mm -hmm. But I never resonated with astrology. So I've had my chart done. I've had people give me readings and it's okay, but it never rocked my boat, you know? I, I never really, I never really dug into it. I never really, it really didn't do a lot for me, but she uses it in a completely different way, which really does resonate with me. So what she does is she has you do a birth chart. Why it's called the invisible garment is she feels like we have different gifts and principles that when we incarnate that we bring into the world. And and that's the reason for incarnation is to use your gift in the world and express it in form. And and we all have an invisible garment. We all have these principles. And she feels like we have groups. She calls them soul clusters. We all come in, that's the full garment. If we take all of our soul clusters together, bring in all the principles that to express themselves inform and that's the purpose of it so and you this is about learning what your principles are so you can focus on them and not worry about the other principles you're not here to do those principles you're here to do yours right so um so i'm learning about this and there are three particular principles that we've been focusing on in this class the three most important principles which is your sun principle your moon principle and your midheaven principle. And the sun principle is the principle that is your soul's work that you came to express in this lifetime. So as I'm reading about this and delving into it, well, I was telling you my sun principle and she she calls it desire 
but it's not the kind of desire we normally think of desire. It's desire for God. It's desire for spirituality. Well, you just heard my story, right? I mean, exactly. if that's not in alignment with that principle, I don't know what is. And that principle has driven me to have these experiences without me. People come to me and tell me about stuff because it's in alignment with my principle. So I was just really happy to hear that was my principle, right? Mm-hmm. And then the midheaven is supposed to be the principle that's kind of your... Um, homing pigeon is kind of who you are as a soul. It's your essence of who you are that allows you to understand things, understand, go through life and understand things. So my midheaven principle is awareness. So I use awareness to get information to move me along on my spiritual path. That's exactly the story I told you. I mean, just think of mm-hmm. that channeling. If that wasn't awareness, what is awareness? Yeah, right? exactly. So I have a keen awareness for these higher spiritual realms and how to bring that into the world and teach that and, and, and show that to people. So it was just so much fun to find out what those things are, mm-hmm. and these principles and how to use them. So I'm not, I'm new to that, but I'm already thinking, well, I want to get the birth charts from my clients yeah. and I want to find out what their principles are so I can help them embody their principles. Mm. Right. And yeah. that I think would forward their healing. And, and one of the things that Connie says, Connie Kaplan, uh, I love it because, you know, when I'm working with the ego personality, we're working about blocks and things that you think are wrong with you so you can find out who you really are right mm-hmm. but she says these principles there's nothing wrong with any of these principles there's really nothing wrong with you as a soul and you're here to express your gift so it's so positively oriented i think that's such a good message to give mm-hmm. people and inspire them so i i think for sure i'm going to be using this work in what i'm doing as i get a grain of better understanding of it yeah. So we'll have to see where that goes. Oh, that's yeah. so exciting. And I, and I like what you said too, about how, um, cause I've always felt this too, when people are like, Oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. There's nothing wrong about it. It's just, you're dealing with something and it may not mm-hmm. feel very comfortable, which is fair. Um, but I, I like that idea of there's nothing wrong with a particular gift or a particular principle. It's just, that is what is. And there's always something positive in alignment with it. I, at least that's what I've come to experience. Yeah, I mean, even if you have what you think is a negative experience, mm-hmm. there's always a teaching there. There's always a learning there. And I help my clients to kind of see that. But one thing I do want to mention, and I've seen this in the spiritual field, mm-hmm. um, is that people don't, just like my experience as an energy healer, people don't like to deal with their blocks. They don't want to deal with their ego personality and they mm-hmm. try to bypass it by doing whatever meditating spiritual they try to do a spiritual bypass that does not work mm-hmm. so i found it's really important that you, you don't have to do my process but you need to deal with those things you need to face them or learn or look at them differently to free yourself so you can be your your soul so your soul's light can come through who you are and nothing feels better than that yeah you know 
Yeah. Well, and, and too, and- when you can have that release of that emotion, because how I yeah. think of it, I mean, I'm visualizing this wall, right? A block right. and behind it is this pool of emotion. And what happens when water sits too long? It stagnates, it gets gross and it, it, yes, it's not yes, very yes, nice. Yes. Right. And so I think of the emotions doing that. And I am a professional at blocking my emotions. I'm really, <laughs> really good at it. Ask my husband. It dry, it's really quite funny. Um, but it does until you can actually just allow the feeling to flow. And it's not like you have to do it in public. I think that's one thing people get nervous of, right. Is, you know, I don't want, I don't want to burden people with it. You don't necessarily have to, it can be with someone really close to you, or even sometimes it's just talking it out with yourself and crying, screaming, whatever you need to do to get it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in fact, not only is it not a burden for someone, if you're doing it from a place of authenticity, mm-hmm. it, it frees them to know they can do the same thing. Yes, yes. Like, I don't want to do that in front of my kids. No, you're teaching them. You're teaching them. It's that it's okay. okay to express your feelings. Yes. Yes. As long as you're not using it to abuse anybody, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you're not using it like that, then it's part of, you know, the human experience. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing how you can learn from it. I think everything's placed in front of us as a way to learn mm-hmm. if, you, if you can understand how to look at it. So I'm pretty good at reframing things for people so they can see that or ask questions so they can discover that mm-hmm. in themselves. Yeah, and see then, them from another empowered. angle and give them a whole new perspective into it that they may, have, may not have thought of. Right, right. It, it, it uh, helped you, you know, um, like I'll give you a for instance in my life. So when I was around 20, um, I was involved in a group, um, a, like a psycho, it wasn't a psychotherapy group, but it was a, they called it an encounter group where you express your feelings. Cause I grew up, you know, I didn't know how to use feelings well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I met somebody there and we got engaged to be married. Not Cindy, this is somebody else, right? <laughs> and uh, we were two months away from our marriage and she broke it off. And I was devastated. I walked around like a zombie. Mm -hmm. I was probably the lowest point in my life. And, uh, but out of it, I found this group that um, taught me how to honor my own feelings and my own point of view. It didn't matter what somebody else thought. That was a huge learning for me, but I never would have sought that group. I never would have been had such a need to learn that if I hadn't had that experience. So I might've cruised through life and not learned a lot around that had I not had that experience. Mm-hmm. So often, if you look back at your toughest experiences, often they were gifts that forced you to learn something that you never would have learned if you didn't do that, mm-hmm. right? So that I've had, that's the way I look at it. And, yeah. uh, it's, it's really helpful when people do that, yeah. you know? So I, I, would, I would challenge your audience to think about it like that. Mm-hmm. Think about what happened in your life. Think about the hardest things that ever happened in your life. Those you big heartbreaks, a, those big, big heartbreaks. Heart yeah. uh, maybe you had a, um, a disease, maybe you um, lost a job, you know, maybe who knows what happened, mm-hmm. right? And how you dealt with it and, and ask yourself the question, what did I learn 
as a result of that. And then ask yourself the question, if I didn't have that tough experience, would I have learned that? Yeah. And what doors opened up because of that one closing or that bridge collapsing, right? right a whole right. nother pathway can open up. And I think um, that's one thing that helps with the awareness piece is when you can be aware that, you know what, nothing is permanent. Right. Change is the only thing that's a, cons- a constant. True. Everything changes all the time. <laughs> it's never going to stay the same. But no matter what collapses in your life, there's always another path or two or three paths that open up that may not have presented themselves unless that particular door shut down on you, um, which that, is not an easy thing to, to No, but that's brilliant the way you say that. And if anybody's watching you and they're watching your energy when you say that, mm-hmm. you can see your energy opening up as you say it. Mm-hmm. So that, again, that means that's a truth for you because we can see it energetically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, cool. Oh, very Good cool. You. Kudos very to cool. you. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Michael. I, yeah. I just so appreciate, I love listening to different stories of people and how how their spiritual path is involved and how they have been able to really open themselves up to who they are and dive deeper and get to know themselves. Cause really that's what it comes down to is the better, you know, yourself, Hmm. the better you can step forward in the world. Um, And then you have a clear vision for what you want too, and which will, you know, clarify as you go along, but I just so appreciate you sharing your story. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to. Thanks for having me on. And (laughs) And uh, so with that, yeah, share with everybody what you're doing, because um, now just just to give everyone some context, for those of you listening, some context, right. um, Michael actually did a an Akashic record reading with me, which was probably one of my favorite Akashic record readings. Okay. The reason I loved it so much is that there was a level of simplicity to it, which is that other thing I wanted to bring up from um, from what you were saying on your journey with that meditation where you were able to hear and channel that voice it came down to a very simplistic way it wasn't it's not always the bells and whistles sometimes it's the simplest act of meditation that can open up the most doors um, which is what i appreciate so much about what you do so share with the share with our listeners a little bit about what you do where they can find you um, because i know there's going to be people here who are going to want to get in touch with you okay well first of all you know with the pandemic days and so on so it doesn't matter where you live because I work over Zoom, I worked a year with somebody in India once. So distance is not a different, you know, I live in uh, Connecticut, you know, in the United States, in Connecticut, but I do a lot of Zoom stuff. So I do this um, ego personality work or work to find the root cause of problems, either with regression or I do other processes too, but the idea is to get your subconscious or unconscious mind to shift a pattern. So I have a lot of tools for that. One of my favorite tools is called Rohan, R-O-H-U-N, which is a, a, uh, like a deep dive into your consciousness. We work through the energy chakras actually to look at where the blocks are. So remember my story of energy healing, mm-hmm. this is a process that actually goes right in there and low bypasses the conscious mind and looks where your blocks are. And it's a very powerful process for shifting them. Uh, so I do those kinds of things. I also teach about spirituality. I have whole programs about um, helping you discover who you are as a spiritual being. Um, I have a meditation group, which is free. And it's on Monday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, and we do it on Zoom. 
So, uh, and I have um, a web, I have a Facebook page called Path to Enlightenment. So all you have to do is friend me and, uh, or put a friend request and then you can join that Facebook group. And then I was, and if you wanna meditate, I'll send you the Zoom link. It's the same every week. And the, that meditation is designed to raise your vibration, but then take that and shift the collective unconscious of the world of its lower vibrations. So that's what my guides wanted me to do for service to do that. So I do that every Monday. I also have a podcast, which you encouraged me <laughs> to yes. do, right? And how to do called Path to Enlightenment. And there I talk about some of my spiritual teachings and that's free as well. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. It's called Path to Enlightenment. And uh, so that's another thing I do. Um, yeah, and I have a website. It's called alternativechoices.org. It's not .com, it's .org. Alternativechoices.org. And you can see all the different things I do. I have some videos on there talking about some of the things. You know, there's a whole video on past life regression, which I do. Um, and you get a feel for me. I only want to work with people that feel like they resonate with me. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise, go find somebody else because it's not going to help. It's not going to help you. I'm only interested in helping you. So um, and then I always do a free consultation for 20 to 30 minutes about what your issue is. Tell them how I would approach that. And we see if there's a reson if there's a fit there. Mm -hmm. And if there is, then we can look at doing a session together and see how it goes. So I think it's important we have a rapport and you feel this is a good avenue for me to go down. Yeah. So that's why it's really important to have that consult. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you listening, all of uh, Michael's information and how to contact him will be in the show notes. So you'll be able to click on links. And two, you brought up another great point when it comes to spiritual growth and seeking you know, whether it be healers or teachers, that type of thing is finding the resonance. And if someone doesn't resonate with you, find someone else. Um, because you'll, you'll find that the healers, the teachers, uh, the people in this space who are helping to progress people forward on their spiritual path that really want to help people, they are good with that. There'll be no pressure. And so that's, if you're you know, if you've ever been concerned about who to go to find the ones that actually want to progress you forward and you'll be able to tell who they are because of how authentic they'll tell you if there's someone that they'll, that'll resonate or not. Um, and so I, I just appreciate you sharing that part, Michael, because there's a lot of people who sometimes feel like they have to go to somebody because someone else went, even though it doesn't feel right, Right. You really have to feel, it has to feel right. Right. That's right. Cause they won't have the answer for you. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. won't bring out the answer in you. No, nope. you need to hear. Yeah. All right. Exactly. All right. Well, Michael, thank you so much yeah, for sharing today. And I also want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today. Any questions? I'd love to keep this conversation going. What has your spiritual path been like as you've been, been progressing along? What have the, the cookie crumbs been for you and how have you followed yeah. them and how has it expanded you? We, the more we can talk about this, I think uh, the more beautiful this planet's going to be because everyone's going to be doing something from a place of love and curiosity. How true. How which is true. good. <laughs> okay. So until next time, we will talk to you all soon. All right. Thank you, Kristen. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and listen to Michael Rosenbaum's story. You know, I met Michael through a 
coincidence, although it's not a coincidence, I know we were meant to cross paths through actually what we do as a business and what we do to bring in an income, which is very cool. And I've always appreciated meeting people through unexpected avenues who have a story like this to share, who explore this type of growth and I guess this type of spiritual path. So it's very exciting. So I want to encourage you, by the way, to go and check out his website, connect with him on Instagram. All of the links are going to be below in the show notes. So please go ahead and connect with him and listen to his his teachings. And on top of that, Monday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Michael does an online meditation, which is absolutely amazing and such a great way to start the week off if you want to just get a feel for who Michael is and what he does. Um, He's absolutely phenomenal with how he channels information and what he shares with the world and I hope that this has encouraged you to explore your own journey as well and maybe you're able to take a few tips from here and apply them to your growth as well until next time